millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. We're back after our snowy break. Uh, good to be back in the studio to talk all things Charlton with you guys this evening. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here live at the Valley to talk about uh, looking ahead to Saturday's game with the Posh. Peter United is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, had a good week? It's been all right. Good yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, Charlton yeah. haven't lost, have they? So. Yeah, well, well, not on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining the two of us uh, here to discuss... Uh, as I said, everything that's happened over the last few days and is going to happen on Saturday is Nathan Miller doing Nathan. Living the dream. Yeah, you look like that's you. Uh, I'm up there, mate. The, yeah. Thursday today. I don't know. I'm dancing just into uh, just glove pups ad lib thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can just about hear the uh, the jingle in the background there. Yeah, that, yeah. So uh, excellent. Right on tonight's show, uh, it's a really packed show for you this evening. Obviously, we are going to react to the uh, controversial video that was released. Uh, uh, during the week by the Sun newspaper that involved uh, players past and present from the club. We're going to hear what Carl Robinson's reaction uh, is to that as well. We're also going to hear Carl Robinson's reaction, uh, well, we're going to talk about Carl Robinson's reaction to being linked with the Oxford uh, job. We're going to tell you very quickly about our new show, which was on Love Sport Radio during the week and how you can listen back to that if you want to. Now, we're going to hear from a Charlton legend this evening, Keith Peacock. Uh, I spoke to him on the phone last night. He's going to talk to us about how he sees the rest of the season going and also uh, an event that's coming up at the Valley next Thursday evening. Uh, we're going to hear from the women's team manager it is International Women's Day uh, today and there's a couple of uh, big weeks coming up for the women's team club so Ritish Mishra is uh, joined me on the phone last night to talk about the uh, Arsenal game which is coming up in the next couple of weeks and also even bigger than that the club are applying to be uh, part of the championship uh, next season which we're going to hear from that also we're going to hear from Alan Swan who writes for the Peterborough Telegraph he's going to preview Saturday's game tell us all about the posh their new manager Steve Evans and of course Carl will preview that, uh, preview that game for us as well so a packed show um, I mean just before we go into the incident obviously Saturday's game coming up Tom the two teams just outside the playoffs it's a huge game absolutely massive game yeah and uh, with I think a couple of the teams above us playing each other as well is a chance to perhaps move closer to a couple of them um, obviously new manager bounce for Peterborough which is uh, he is very bouncy actually if you see him walking along extremely bouncy yeah he was in a sombrero last time I think I saw him <laughs> when he was at Leeds but um yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. I don't think Peterborough have been in the best form. And as we said on the show on uh, Tuesday night, if you just look at our last six or seven games, actually our form isn't too bad. Um, we've had an extra week's break. I know that's probably not going to make too much difference to the injuries that we've had because they're slightly longer term. But um, yeah, hopefully the boys are in good shape and we can go there and get a result. Excellent. So I look forward to, uh, we're going to preview that properly uh, in the second half of the show. Like I say, we've got uh, the, the, the journalist Alan Swan from the Peterborough Telegraph. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, what Carl Robinson said about the game. And of course, we'll give you team news, everything like that. It's a big game. We're going to look forward to it. But of course, uh, the big news uh, previously this week uh, came out on Tuesday evening. Uh, actually, just as we were getting prepared to do our Love Sports mm. show, thinking, right, let's get our feet under the table. Nice, gentle evening. Talk about the addicts. Uh, now, really disappointing uh, videos come out. Now, is released by the Sun newspaper. I've seen some people on the forum saying, oh, it's the Sun. It doesn't matter who's released. The video's there for all to see. We know what the content of the video is. So you can't really use that as an excuse, I'm afraid. I mean, Carl Robinson's not happy with the content of their report about it, and we'll hear that in his comments. But the content of the video is what Chant fans uh, are, are noticing, and it's disappointing. There's, um, uh, as I said, past and present players. So past players, Morgan Fox, Ricky Holmes, and, and Roger Johnson present players included Harry Lennon Dylan Phillips and obviously Captain Chris Solly um, there was some drunken antics going on in the video and it did uh, unfortunately in, in a couple of cases descend to a little bit of racism uh, aims in what would seem a, 
uh, the, a friendly way, if there is such a way to be racist, which there probably isn't, towards Mikhail Kennedy and towards uh, and a mm. little bit towards Josh McGuinness as well and Northern Irish players. Um, now, obviously, you'd expect. I mean. You expect footballers to go out and join themselves. This was during the international break. You'd expect them to banter each other, which is the worst word, but that is the word for it. It's the, the way people take the mick out of each other. But it's quite clearly overstepped the line when it's gone into this racist element. Yeah, um, yeah. They've obviously they've overstepped the mark, and I think we again we said it on Tuesday's show, and I hope we were very clear that you know no one can condone the racist element of, of what happened at all. It, it's disgusting. Um, it's disgusting in, in any form, not just in you know in football where. Unfortunately, it rears its head time and time again. Um, again, we use the word banter. I don't like the word either, but it's a word that's used to describe that kind of jokes between friends. Um, but yeah, they overstepped the mark. Now, obviously, they didn't expect it to be seen. That doesn't make the racist element right, and nothing makes the uh, racist element right. But in terms of laughing and joking and having a go at each other and using swear words, you know, we, we all do that, uh, you know, in groups of friends. But as footballers, um, you're so much in the public eye, even down at League One level. Um, and whether you like it or not, you are can be seen as role models to, to young fans. Um, and you're in a job where you have people paying to come and watch you do your job every week. You're in the public eye and you've got to be more careful than that. Um, it was stupid. It, it was naive. Um, clearly... They didn't think it was going to be seen by anybody else, but it has been. Um, and from what Carl said today, it's going to be dealt with in the right manner. Yeah, well, let's hear what, what Carl Robinson had to say. He was asked about uh, the video that was released. Uh, I mean, it happened before his time at the club, but obviously because it's been released while he's here, he's the one who's going to deal with it. Uh, and this is what he has to say when asked about that video. My view is that we've obviously put our club statements out and we feel the behaviour of the players uh, and, and the way it looks is, is ne never to be condoned. Um, the role models at the end of the day. Um, the disappointing thing for me and the bit that angered me is the fact that somebody, when they wrote the report, said an insider said it's created fraction and certain groups. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. And that is unacceptable for somebody to say that somebody in here has said that. When Dylan Phillips and Josh McGuinness are roommates. They're roommates. So... It's obviously somebody trying to create something internally that isn't there. But at the same time, I am not at any moment they've been spoken to. They it went into a WhatsApp group over eighteen months ago. Uh, before some, my time. Before my time, yeah. But it falls on my shoulders. Um, it leaked. It was leaked by somebody, uh, and it doesn't look good. And the players are embarrassed. At first and foremost, to their own families. Secondly, they feel if, if they've offended any fan, it's, it's the last thing in their thought process and they, they apologise deeply for that. Um, matter closed, I've spoken to them internally. We are getting the FA in this week. To well, We've spoken to the FA and we've spoken to a number of different groups about social media training, which sometimes they have in the 17-18. I feel it's important that we have constant development in this. Um, about what social media is about and what about being a professional is all about and how a good person can be perceived as an idiot yeah. through silly different things. I will not accept it. I, I, and it's something that we deal with internally. We don't hang our washing out in public. It's something that is dealt very firmly with. It's something that people say they shouldn't play for the football club again, they shouldn't do that, they shouldn't do this. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion on that. They will play for the football club again. But they'll play for the football club and in the meantime they are embarrassed by what they've done. And they've apologised to me, they've apologised to the people. Uh, but one thing I can honestly tell you right here and right now, and it's the end of the matter, is that what was said about that, about a club insider, was completely couldn't be anywhere near the truth. Are they all ambassadors for the club all the time, in your view? Well, this, this is... This, yeah, well, this is, this is an interesting <coughs> one because... Uh, I was out in a restaurant not too long ago and there was a gang of people behind me doing silly things, drunk. Um, but they don't have a job where they are a role model. You can say we're all role models. As, as, far, as fathers, as, as media people, as electricians, as policemen, as teachers. We're all role models. Just because you play football doesn't mean you're a different type of role model. The difference is there's young boys that wear a shirt with your name on the back. There's young people that come and support you on a weekly basis. And we have to uphold ourselves. Um, and 
this is this is this is really I can imagine I'm not on any you can imagine me I'm not on any social media. Uh I can imagine this to really split the the general public. Mm. Um I don't know whether that's true or not, but I can imagine some people looking well that's a night out, some people that's disgusting, that shouldn't be a night out. I am telling you now, it's not something that we can do. Ever. Uh, and it's it's a real it's one that I have to deal with it in a, in a disciplined way. Um, and the players know, never mistake my license for being weak. Uh, we have ways internally of, of, of making sure they will learn from that. So that's Carl Robinson. He's uh, you know, promising that the players are, are going to learn from this. Now, I mean, he did say it's probably going to split opinion on, on social media, and it has. If you, I mean, if, if you read the the forums and, and Twitter like you know like we all I spend most of my day doing that to me. Um, you know it, it has split opinion in terms of I mean no, no one's sitting here saying right, that, that's ra- that racist language is acceptable I mean some, some people were picking up on oh these players shouldn't be out drinking and, and mm. sending abusive messages to each other now most a lot of people I'd say probably don't really worry too much about that as before the content of the message was seen mm. obviously the content of the message I mean there's if there's, some, if there's something that's going to you know, you're you're someone who's representing the club. Obviously, it, we we've got plenty of Irish supporters. We've got plenty of supporters from all over the world. If an Irish, a Northern Irish supporter is going to see that, they may they may well be offended by that. And that's why it's, you've got to be so careful about. You know, I'll I'll take the mick out of you, Nathan, non-stop, and I always do. But I, I, I won't I won't make some sort of racist thing about it. I won't I won't uh-huh. I won't be like that. You know, you, you try and find something that if someone was walking past and heard me taking the mick out of you, they would mm. they wouldn't get offended. Because it might offend them, and that's why you've got to be very careful about how you, how you choose your language, particularly yeah. when it's the, the outside <coughs> chance is going to end up on Twitter on on the Sun newspaper website. Yeah, I mean, obviously Tom said most of the stuff that you know I was going to say, but the way the the way the world is now and the way football is is you've got social media, and you know that it can come out at any stage. Um, so yeah, you know whatever goes behind what happens behind closed doors in terms of joking and what that's down to them, you know. But when um, when you're in the limelight as a footballer, you know any sports person or an actor or whatever, you do know anything that's going to be recorded or you you write, um, then it, that you have got that chance of it coming out. And I just think it's a, I mean, with you know Carl's going to deal with it internally and rightly so because you know it's not acceptable. But I just think it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. With obviously we've got Red, White, and Black Day coming up in uh, was it the 17th yeah we're going to cover so, that extensively on Charlton Live yeah so. so I mean and it's just all the all the work that the club's done in terms of that and throughout the years it's just a bit of a kick in the teeth really but um, as, as Carl said he's been dealt with um, every single one of us you know, obviously on Charlton Live don't agree with it um, and you know the players obviously are embarrassed and obviously um, obviously remorseful and rightly so mm. now, obviously now I think you know we've all Quite strongly condemns the, the the racist element to that. Now, the, obviously, the other element of it is the fact that it is players out getting drunk uh, and abusing each other. Now, I think if you didn't really, if you hadn't, you know, none of us have really seen it before, and we know we know it goes on. But I mean, it's, it's it's probably a bit of a shock to see it. But at the same time, I mean, footballers do that. Okay, footballers are just like you and me. They enjoy a night out, particularly if they've got a couple of weeks off. They're entitled to a night out. So I think. Part of the shock factor beyond the, the racist element is the fact that, fact that you see the players, you know, athletes or so drinking, but they're more than entitled to do that. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. And uh, again, we talked about it on Tuesday, the the video that came out after the Portsmouth game when they're on their way to the Christmas party. Are they entitled to have a Christmas party? Yes. Do you want them to have fun? Yes. Are they going to have a drink? Probably. Should they be posting a video the day after we've lost in our big anniversary game? Probably not. It's the same with this. Should they all be out on a on a night out together? Then why not? It shows the the bond within the squad. As I say, if it was taken in in good spirits, like Carl suggested, um, then that shows a bond between between the players, and it shows that they're all connected. the The thing is that it is an an unusual thing to see. Like you say, it's like when you're little and you see your teacher in the supermarket. You know, you, you're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm used to seeing you at the front of a classroom. We're used to seeing these players dressed in a red shirt and white shorts on a football pitch. So when you see them in any other scenario, it, it is a bit unusual, um, particularly for younger fans and, and kids growing up and, and idolizing those people. So. It is. It's one of those things. Uh, as as Nave said, I'm sure they wish it hadn't happened and and hadn't got out. But it, it has. I think the club have, have handled it well. The statement came out very quickly, and Carl reacted well with it today. And 
maybe they do just need a bit of educating. I mean, Sue, who is not on the show so much now, but when she was, she always used to say, you've got to treat them like kids. And maybe there is a bit of naivety there. Maybe there is a bit of education that needs to be added. Um, things like the racist element, you know, I'm not washing my hands of it here, but he's no longer at the club. Um, you know, why is that? I don't know. But, you know, he's not here now. You would hope that in some way that's he's still spoken to. Who Who takes responsibility for that? I don't know. But you would like to think that if that was an attitude that was you know, actually with anyone within the club, then that would be dealt with. So, mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, the club have come out and, uh, you know, is- issued a, you know, a statement that, that says they obviously are not happy uh, with, with the video and, and, and the players will be given some sort of education. Now, finally, I guess um, what we don't know about is, uh, but what we, what we didn't know is about the interpersonal relationship between the players involved and, say, Mikhail Kennedy. I don't know Mikhail Kennedy. I've never, <coughs> I never spoke to him as far as I know. Um, so some people would, would have been a bit shocked and looked at that and maybe at the back of the mind think, oh God, I hope he's not, you know, he's a young kid, he's not really getting in the team, I hope he's not being bullied. Mm. But, you know, the club have come out and said that they've spoken to him and he seems happy enough, so we, we, we'll, we'll take that as in, we, we hope that is the case, and I'm, I'm sure that is the case, because like I say, you've got to be pretty thick-skinned to be a footballer, I think is fair to say. Now, you know, we've all been on the terraces and, and seen someone put a you know, a, a shot out for a goal kick when it when it should have been on target and said, oh, you're rubbish and you get a lot of that. So I think after a while you do develop a thick skin. Oh, yeah, no, you do. And, um, you know, Carl said, you know, they deals in McGuinness room together. I think Mikel was flat sharing with someone else. I don't know if the person still were. I can't remember who it was. But, yeah, I mean, so obviously, like Tom said, you've got the bond there and that's why when you've got your internal, like, I hate to use the word banter, but, you know, when you've got it internally, yeah, it's... It's, it's what happens in football. I mean, even to it, maybe I know it's a total, it's not professional, but even on Sunday league teams, we've all probably been there and we all dish out sort of derogatory remarks to one another if yeah someone shanks a shot or something. But um, there's obviously times for it, and I just think, <clears throat> I mean, hopefully they sort of learn now and just say, well, when you are when you are out, is obviously you just put those phones away and just don't mm-hmm. don't put yourself in a situation because yeah, it was 18 months ago, but you've always got that risk of coming out which which it has so but you've got to learn to do it because you don't see it you know you see, see all the other clubs like your Man United to this world and that they're in the same position but they probably maybe a bit more clued up on that's not to obviously patronise the players at all obviously but it's maybe just need to obviously watch what we're doing a little bit more Excellent, right. I think we've we've covered that unfortunate video. Now, um, last night, uh, a lot of people's attention was, was uh, grabbed on Twitter because uh, a couple of betting sites were desperately trying to claw some money in by saying, oh, look, Carl Robinson's won, uh, odds on now, or evens, to become the Oxford United manager. Now, uh, Carl's denied that. It sounds like there's nothing in it. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> not too much more to add on that, really. But, I mean, it just shows, I guess, sometimes you can't always trust the bookies who want you to bet money when they say, oh, look, bet money on this yeah because they wouldn't tell you that if they think it's going to happen it doesn't take much betting one way or the other to swing those odds and suddenly there are enough twitter profiles now that someone will jump on it um we talked a lot on on tuesday's show about you know if carl was to go who would come in and there were times during that conversation where i kind of wanted to stop aaron and say carl's still in charge at the moment and same with this you know it's easy to make a link because it's another club in the division and they're not look uh, sorry they're looking for a manager there was someone he got linked with earlier on in, in his time at Charlton and there was talk of it as well it was Barnsley so, not even that long ago that was it yeah so, it, yeah so yeah so it was the, the division above but these things happen and, and of course he's a manager who on the whole whether you like him or not has done when we compare to where we were this time last season has done well for the club um, maybe not as well as some people would like but you have to admit that what he's done so far has been okay people are going to look at him. Um, they might even, for all we know, Oxford might even have approached him or tried to get some interest, but that doesn't mean he's going. Um, with the takeover on the horizon, it's an easy connection to make because he might be thinking, am I going to go, am I not? So it's all up in the air, but I, you know, I'm not concerned. Would I like him to stay? Yes. Do I think he's going to for the moment? Yes, but we'll just have to wait and see but I don't think there's much in it yeah, right I forgot to point out actually uh, Freddie tweeted in earlier reacting to Carl Robinson's uh, you know, reaction to the, the controversial video and said that he was happy uh, with, with what Carl said and he said that every, and, and Fred did say that everyone knew what his stand was if anyone saw Freddie's tweet he was, pretty, he was very upset about the video so I think he's happy that it's been dealt with now uh, which, which is good to see Freddie um, finally you mentioned it there uh, Tom we did do our, our Love Sports show Nathan you're going to be doing it on uh, on Monday as Wouldn't well it? yeah so I mean did you listen in did you enjoy it yeah I did yeah it sounded really good I thought um, you both spoke very eloquently 
But I mean, it, just in terms of the show yeah. itself, and Aaron as a host gives. I, no, and, I thought mm. I thought Aaron kept the flow going. I thought it was really good. I think um, I think you picked up the main the main topics, um, and I think it was quite a good good show. It flew by though. Yeah, um, I mean, an hour, like Aaron said it himself, an hour's not really enough, really, nah. uh, to, to speak to, uh, about Charlton. Uh, but if you do want to hear that, um, there, there is the uh, the chance to listen back to it. Now, the, the, the idea is that the show on Love Sport Radio uh, is going to be on Monday evenings mostly. It was on Tuesday this evening because we had to swap with QPR because they were playing on Tuesday. But um, uh, it's also a phone-in show, so if you keep an eye on our Twitter during during the shows, we will we, we will tweet out the phone number because we've got lots of people tweeting in, but we'd love it if you phone in as well because, you know, people hear our voices talking about Charlton too much if anything so this is a chance for you to get your voice on air so if you want to do the love sports show you can phone us uh, on, on the evening so keep, keep an eye out for the the telephone number if you listen to the show uh, on monday evening you'll be able to, to to join in as well and we'd really love you because i think we have a chat and chat show like this we don't have a chat and phone in show we don't have this phone here so uh, so we'd really enjoy it if, if you could join in like that right we're gonna have a quick break and then when we come back we're going to hear from mr cholton athletic Oxford defence and Foster will try and close it down and Mussinio gets himself in a bit of trouble it comes to McGuinness McGuinness on the edge of the penalty a good challenge from Mussinio Kashi gets there first Kashi in the penalty Kashi Kashi his first goal of the season beats Eastwood diving to his right side Kashi's running around the valley absolutely delighted for him McGuinness has stayed down though from the challenge and Charlton take the lead here at the valley so you listen to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. Going to look ahead to Saturday's game with Peterborough in great detail uh, in a few moments' time. But first of all, next Thursday here at the Valley is a down memory lane event, uh, an event where uh, numerous Charlton legends are going to be here at the Valley uh, to have a Q and A. They'll uh, yeah, for, for your fifteen pound ticket, you get uh, a drink in, uh, with that as well. You get a chance to have your photo taken with Charlton legends. There's all there's all stuff like that, and you're going to hear now from Mr. Charlton himself, Keith Peacock. Uh, an absolute stalwart of the club. Uh, I spoke to him on the phone last night to find out about this event, and also because you know he's Mr. Charlton to find out what he thinks about how the season's going. This is Keith Peacock uh, talking to myself last night. Joining us now on Charlton Live is Mr. Charlton himself, Keith Peacock. Good evening, Keith. How are you doing? Good evening. Very well, thank you. Excellent. Now, of course, uh, on Thursday week or Thursday coming up next Thursday, the fifteenth of March, uh, the latest in the uh, the Community Trust twenty fifth anniversary celebrations. Uh, at the Valley, it's going to be an evening where you go down memory lane. Uh, why don't you tell the supporters what uh, what they can expect next Thursday? Well, I think it's going to be a very interesting evening. It is going down memory lane, uh, and it's an evening with uh, um, Roger Olwyn. We have um, Stevie Grip, Lenny Lawrence, and Chris Powell as the main people on the front of it all, um, and we're going to go through what about uh, three decades almost of uh, what's happened to Charlton Athletic and there are four of them that have really been vital to what happened in those uh, 25 to 30 years mm. and um, also we will be having a number of uh, other Charlton celebrities from the past and present Chris, Chris Olley from present and one or two other uh, players coming along, we'll have Colin Walsh, we'll have Carl Lieburn, Kevin Lisby, John Fortune, um, I can go on, Bob Boulder should be there, it's, uh, Simon Webster should be there also, Paul Mortimer will be there, um, it's quite, it's going to be quite an incredible evening, mm-hmm. obviously we've only, we've keeping it to be a more of an intimate evening, so we've put a lid on the number of tickets we can sell, that um, still some uh, available now um, and uh, yeah it should be very interesting indeed mm, and as you say the, the, the four that are going to be at the front in, in Lenny Lawrence Chris Powell Steve Gritt and Rodrigo and obviously got three former managers there a couple of former players and, and then of course the chairman Roger Alwyn as well who was so important in that quest to get the club back to the valley 25 years ago absolutely and I, I don't know the last time that Roger probably spoke to um, the Charlton supporters, it would be probably a long time ago, and he was so very important. Um, of course, he was a man that pushed the gates open um, and led us back uh, in, uh, onto the pitch again, uh, or through the gates, 
um, on that memorable occasion of the return to the valley. Um, so there would be a lot of stuff that he can tell us from the inside what was going on that day. And of course, it, it's a great chance, I think, for fans, um, maybe the only chance to uh, give uh, a thank you almost or listen to these men, what they've got to say, um, Lenny Lawrence. And why it's important, and I thought, it would be great to have Lenny there. He was there during the 80s, um, all the problems of the 80s, leaving the valley, all the trauma of getting back to the, the valley that was going on from the supporters. And there was Lenny trying to keep the ship steady, trying to keep the, the whole thing going. Um, although when we returned, of course, he had just left for a minute. So, uh, you know, so many stories to come from Lenny. Uh, Gritty, well, Gritty speaks for himself, really, doesn't he? He's, mm -hmm. he's done everything. You know, as a, a player during the times, um, before, going back to the 70s, uh, long into the 80s as well, and um, Gritty, uh, of course, played in the game uh, the, on the return to the bat against Portsmouth. Um, and uh, as joint manager with uh, Adam Kirby um, couldn't get Adam Kovacic because he is just out of the country at uh, this particular time coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and last of all, to say that on the forum, um, someone who will be forever popular, uh, hero, um, Chrissy Powell, who came back later, later obviously, um, into the Premiership and all those great years and managed the team so successfully. Mm. And of course, this is uh, just another event as, as part of the, the 25th anniversary. It's been, it's been a really special year at the club with the, the amount of different things that have gone on. Uh, and this one, of course, the, 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 the ticket money, the proceeds are going to be split between the Community Trust uh, and Prostate Cancer UK. Obviously, this is another way that the club are sort of giving back to uh, the, the local community and, and to charity as well. It's something that Charlton seemed to do so well. Yes, and uh, I think too, you know, both obviously every charity is a worthy cause, and these are two very worthy causes. Um, so it's great to, to help um, put some finances towards prostate cancer, so very, very important, um, which we're all behind. Um, and the 25th anniversary, the, uh, the committee came together and trying to raise a, a great sum of money by what is now the... the May will be the end of the year, and uh, hopefully we've we'll had a successful year so far. It's been very successful. Now we're just coming to the last couple of events. It's fitting, of course, that the the community trust have, have won the uh, one of the EFL uh, Football Community Club of the Year awards as well in, in this twenty fifth anniversary. Um, also, I guess just talking about stuff on the pitch, it would be fitting if Charlton could find their way to get promoted. We're still very much within that, that playoff race. I mean, how do you see things going for the rest of this season? Well, I, I think the, the big thing is just getting into the playoffs. Yeah, my own personal belief, um, I always try and look optimistically anyway, but I mean, even last weekend when we didn't play, uh, our position seemed to strengthen because scum's all lost. Mm. You know, suddenly we've got more games in hand of other people. Um, I am convinced that as long as we get into the playoffs and uh, hitting the right sort of form then and perhaps getting one or two people who have been injured fully, fully fit, um, that we will be a very difficult team to beat because we, we do play with, sometimes it's, you could say gay abandon, uh, but that's a kind of uh, confidence going into uh, play against the opposition. I don't think we'll play with any fear and, and really trying to play tight tactics. We'll, I think we'd go for them and hopefully we'll be in that good form in, in this coming, particularly the last half a dozen games or so. And um, maybe be a repeat 20 years ago, you know, 98, we came with a run of form to get into the playoffs. Um, undefeated, I think, in the last eight, ten games, you would know better than me, but it must be something like that. And yeah, we got to eight games, final think, again. Yeah. Was it eight games? Yeah, I think so, off the top of my head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was a tremendous run of form and not conceding many goals at that time. Uh, and we went in with that confidence and probably Sunderland on paper was so much stronger and had been at the top all the year, but we we were the team in form and I'm, I'm hoping that we're, it'll be a similar situation. Yeah. 
I guess if we get to the final this year, we want a, a bit more of a calmer experience than than twenty years ago. <laughs> what do you mean the final? Yeah. <laughs> if we get the, yeah, we don't run away with ourselves here, but um, <laughs> yeah, as long as we get there, I don't care how. Uh, nerve-wracking it is um <laughs> that was quite a traumatic day i must admit dave <laughs> i was drained after that one yeah. but uh let's hope it's uh, uh the same again yeah Svensson is in the middle, so is Stewart. Here is Svensson. And Jason Yule! Oh, it's a cracking goal from Yule! It was a long time coming. But it was so well taken. Really sat up invitingly for him. Johnson and Hasselbeck in the middle. There's Lasseau. Clever little flick from Bronchia. Good Johnson, Hasselbeck. Lampard! 1-1. They have come back strongly. They might have got two down Chelsea. They survived on that occasion. And now they have an equaliser through Frank Lampard. And the measure there of Jason Yule. Oh, Yule suddenly free. Jason Yule with a great chance, and it's two. No offside. Chelsea appealing in vain towards the referee's assistant. No response. Graham Paul says the goal stands. It's two for Jason Yule, it's two for Charlton. And suddenly Chelsea are in trouble again. Defending a really high line, Gannis was caught out. And such a cool finish by Yule. Only a couple of minutes to go. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wish we were there. Took us back to 2002 when Jason Yule's double uh, helped us see off uh, Chelsea. Uh, back when we used to beat Chelsea with uh, quite quite comfortably, pretty much every time we played them, which was the uh, the good old days. Now uh, it's a huge couple of weeks coming up for the Charlton Athletics women's team. Now on the, I think it's March the 18th, they're they're heading over to the uh, quarterfinals of the FA Cup away at Arsenal. Uh, you're playing Boring Wood, and I'm going to be there. And I hope as uh, as many of you uh, as possible fancy it will come along to cheer on the, the ladies as well. And a huge game for the club. The only team outside of the, the top two divisions in women's football to still be remaining in the FA Cup, and they're playing one of the biggest uh, teams in the uh, the competition left now. But also, the club are applying to be given championship status. Uh, after there is a restructure of women's football, which is coming up um, uh, at the end of this season. Now, the bid has to go in by Friday to tomorrow, so the club are finalising that and submitting it uh, this week. So I asked I asked the Charlton Athletic women's team manager, Ratish Mishra, uh, to explain uh, what the bid uh, would mean uh, for the club if it were successful. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. We are, um, as a club, working towards deadline this Friday to put a bid in for the championship. What it means, it means that we would, well, hopefully, if our bid's successful, be competing at the uh, the second tier of, of women's football. And that is going to be classed effectively as a semi-professional league. It means that, actually, it won't change too much in terms of contact time, how much we train, how much we play. But it means we'll be competing against you know, some of the best teams uh, across the country and it, and it gives us a platform to try and then reach our aspirations which is um, tier one which is, is going to be uh, a full-time professional league and, and you know we're really looking forward to that excited about the opportunity but you know we've got a little bit of work to do beforehand. And what is it that makes Charlton a good candidate to, to have a successful bid? Yeah good question if you look at the women's game we've, prob- we've got a really big reputation probably similar to our men's team that you know we've got a uh, big fan base good history uh, we've been through um, a few difficult years and we, we feel now that we're in uh, a strong place to kind of we've got foundations set in place to try and get back to um, you know higher ground than we are at the moment I think what we have in terms of staff I would say is the best at this level uh, of course I'll be a little bit biased but I think we've got great staff um, we've got the use of our full men's training ground and full facilities, which not many other women's teams have access to. Um, we have access to a lot of the background support staff from the men's team. We've got a great integration um, with the men's club. Uh, we do a lot of work with the kind of the, the trust behind the scenes. But ultimately, we've got, I think, a group of players um, who are ready to make the step. So I, I feel like we're in a good place, but we have to kind of prove that with our bid. Yeah, so in terms of that, I mean, how, how does that, that process work? What sort of things yeah. do you have to put into the bid to, to make sure that it is successful? Yeah, it, it's quite a lengthy process. The FA give you kind of set criteria and it's everything from proving that you have the required facilities, the required financial investments, the required kind of uh, marketing and commercial plans, everything else through to kind of, you know, club policies, um, the right structure in place to help support female footballers and a development pathway for female footballers so there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and you know our, our club secretary Sue Pry has been working kind of day and day night to make sure we've got a, a really strong bid um, and our media team at the men's department have really helped which I'm sure everybody will see the marketing class will come out soon so a lot of work Louis, that goes in behind the scenes a lot of it is around you know just proving that us as a club meet the required criteria from the FA um, but I say it's going to be a challenge because it's open to anyone to apply to so there's going to be a lot of clubs in and around us there's one in our catchment area probably uh, putting together a strong bid and uh, when, I mean when are you likely to, to find out whether it's been successful and, and do, do you think you've got a good chance um, I, th- I think having seen our bid and the support both on and off the pitch that the the men's club are giving us I feel like we've got a good chance um, I can't comment on how strong that will be in comparison to others um, you just have to hope that we've put an, enough time and effort um, resource into ours which I'm confident we have done we find out at the end of the season which will be after the club's uh, sorry the league's playoff match I believe towards the end of May um, so there's quite a long waiting period bearing in mind deadlines are this Friday mm. um, and that will then kind of see it um the full tier system next year, tier tier one, tier two, and then tier three. And obviously, with with Charlton challenging very much at the, at the top of their league at the moment, um, yeah. I mean, if they were to finish top of the league, does that affect the bid at all? Well, there's two ways you can get into tier two. Um, there's through the bid, and then there's through outright merits. And we're trying to do, we're trying to kind of give ourselves both opportunities. Mm-hmm. If we win the league, um, you then go through to a playoff game against um, the Northern Division counterparts who win their league and the winners of that playoff tie then get promoted to Tier 2. So we are, fortunately at the moment, we're in a position to uh, go down both routes. Um, that could change. I would love us to do it through merit, through winning a league and then winning a playoff. We're a long way away from that. But you know we have got both options uh, at the moment purely because our players have given us a great chance in the first six months of the season to put us in a place where we can win the league. And another great achievement by your players, of course, is the fact that they're the only side currently outside of the top two tiers in, in women's football. We've made it as far as the FA Cup quarterfinal and they've been handed a pretty plum tie away, away at Arsenal as well. Repeat of the final from back in the day. 
yeah, we're three in the final back in the day. Um, it, I think it's different, massively different dynamics. We are, we're, like I say, part-time Arsenal full-time athletes. It's going to be a huge challenge. Um, but wow, we're looking forward to it. We're All the players are excited. We've got a, a league game this Sunday, so we're trying not to focus too much on it inside the club, um, but we know it's around the corner. I would I would just love to say, well, you know, it would be great to get Charlton fans down there. It's away at Arsenal and they play at Boreham Wood, and for us to be able to compete against them, it's going to be, you know, some of the best players in the world are going to be on that pitch, so it's going to be an eye-opener. It'll be a huge, huge test. You know, anything can happen in the FA Cup, but I think we're treating it more as an opportunity to just do the club proud, really. Yeah, so that's Sunday, the 18th of March, over at Boreham Wood, and uh, I'm I'm certainly going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. But you mentioned there, we've mentioned the the league sure. table. You've got you still got games in hand on Palace now. You've gone top. You're in third. Uh, you've got three games in yeah. hand, and they're only two points ahead of you. So you know yeah. a, a chance to get back on the trail now with with this game on Saturday on Sunday as well. Yeah, we're, I mean we've had a very good run in the cup competitions. Um, but to the detriment of that, a lot of our league features have been pushed back. So we've been out of league action for a while. This weekend, massive opportunity for us. Big test. We've got Cardiff at home. Um, and the other kind of top four or five teams are playing each other. Um, so we have an opportunity to take advantage. But ultimately, everything's in our control at the moment. I want us to try and keep it that way. Um, we've got to take it game by game. Throw from Holmes into Solly. Solly cross ball. Foster's on the far side. Get something on it. Yes! Finished off by Forster Caskey. And Charlton have the lead. Welcome back, this is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. The big match preview is time now to start looking ahead to Saturday's game with the posh. But just very quickly, I mean, it'd be so great for Charlton as a club if the women's team can get that, that step up to the championship. And we've seen them play. We've seen the, the setup they have. I mean, they no one deserves it more, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. I know, obviously, we saw them in the game at the Valley here and they struggled a little bit in that game. But aside from that, they've just been phenomenal. And uh, it wasn't that long ago that they were one of the, the biggest clubs in women's football. So... Yeah, I think they deserve to be back there and Ritesh doing a brilliant job and, and so are the players and yeah, they deserve every success they get this season. Excellent stuff. Right, as I said, huge game uh, up at London Road on Saturday against Peterborough United. Now our new feature that we started doing over the last few weeks is uh, I've been getting in contact with uh, journalists who cover the opposition to find out a little bit more uh, about them obviously it's a big uh, weekend for Peterborough United they're just one point behind us uh, in the race for the playoffs but they've also got the first uh, game under their new manager Steve Evans so I spoke to Alan Swan who writes for the Peterborough Telegraph to find out what he knows about the new manager and how the posh have been getting on this season right joining us now on Chatwin Live is Alan Swan from the Peterborough Telegraph he follows posh up and down the country Uh, good evening Alan how you doing yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent, right? So thanks obviously, yes, yeah, all right. Thanks for coming on, and obviously, uh, ahead of uh, Saturday's game, now it's uh, the start of a new era, I guess, for for Posh. The first game of of new manager uh, Steve Evans, who's coming, of course, to replace Grant McCann, who was uh, sacked after, I guess, a, a little bit of a disappointing run of results. Yes, I mean you could say that. I think the chairman's still keen on uh, getting promoted this year. That was the aim at the start of the season, which uh, Grant McCann bought into. Um, I mean, you'd look at the league table and you'd think that uh, Grant's sacking was quite harsh because we were six points off the top six with two games in hand on the team in six. But I think if you'd watched our performances, certainly since Christmas, uh, you'd see it. You you wouldn't put any money. At, money on us at all in going uh, in, in reaching the players by the end of the season so the chairman did what's necessary and uh, yeah he's uh, he's gone for a, quite a character hasn't he yeah I mean yes Charlton fans or well, any football fan really will know what, what Steve Evans uh, is like on the touchline I mean have you had a, a chance to, to get to know him yet and, and, and to deal with him much yet uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a very, I mean, to be honest, and, and rather surprisingly, the sort of reaction, uh, he won a poll on our newspaper before he was appointed as the man that the posh fans would most like to see take charge. I mean, we included people like Mark Warburton in that poll as well. And the reaction since his appointment, uh, you know, I'd say is a good uh, four to one in favour of it. Of it. Uh, I think, um, you know, you, 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 obviously he's quite well known in Peter because he's lived locally here for 25, 30 years since he came down from Scotland. Uh, so I think a lot of people know him a lot of local football people actually like him 
uh, and they're all very happy that he's got the job, which surprised me somewhat because, as you say, his antics on the touchline can be uh, a little bit disturbing. I mean, I, I've seen it when he's been in the Boston dugout and the Rotherham dugout, and I think if there is one thing I'd like to see him change, it is that, because uh, it doesn't endear himself to anybody and uh, it can be rather embarrassing. Mm. Uh, but having said that, I like him as a character. I think he's quite good fun. I think he's he, he comes over as quite honest and quite refreshing. He says things as, as it is. Uh, you know, and I wrote a column this week uh, very very supportive of him, um, you know, and I hope he can. Uh, obviously, winning games will be the will be the key, but uh, you know, I certainly think he's given the club a lift. Yeah. And I guess the fact that he does have a history of getting promoted out of League One via the playoffs as well may have made him more attractive to the club. Yes, he's well as he as he's already told me twice in the week he's been here that he's only made the playoffs in League One once with Rotherham and he won them. <laughs> um, he's also, one of the first things he said, the first interview I did with him, he said, if we make these playoffs, we will win them. He goes, hard part will be getting there. Because uh, I think if we did get there, we would be going in there with momentum. So I see what he's, where he's coming from. But uh, he hasn't got an easy task. We've got uh, five home games, seven away games, and the away games in particular are very, very tough on paper. Mm. Uh, but you never know, he's a confident lad and hopefully he can, uh, some of that confidence and enthusiasm, enthusiasm will rub off on the players. Yeah, and I guess he'll be hoping for an immediate uh, turnaround in form after, I think it's one win in, in the last you know, eight or nine games now. Obviously that was last time out against, against Walsall, but he, he does need to turn around the form that was pretty disappointing. Yes, yes he does. I mean, we've won twice in 2018 in League One and to be, and incredibly, if we beat you on Saturday, then we could easily be sixth because, you know, obviously we'll go above you and uh, if Plymouth don't win at Fleetwood, we'll find ourselves in the top six, which is remarkable considering how very average we've been. I mean, he watched us in our last game against Walter, that farcical game in the snow, uh, which we won too well. We did okay, but we, we, you know, Walsall were very lucky not to get a get a point from that game so he will see now uh, I mean he, Steve himself said it wasn't a very, very good performance but you know I think you know that we'll be looking for that new manager bounce so I've got a feeling we might get it I mean I'm quite pleased we didn't play at Shrewsbury on Saturday which makes his first game a home game a big game against against Charlton I presume you'll bring a lot down I think uh our crowd will come in numbers as well. I think it could be a cracking occasion, to be honest. And it's been an interesting time off the field for the for the posh as well, because you've had that new investment that's come in. Uh, was it Stuart Thompson yeah. and Jason Neal uh, buying fifty percent of the shares from from Darren McAntony? So uh, Darren McAntony, sorry. Uh, so yeah. interesting time off the field as well. I mean, do, yeah, do they I mean, have plans was, for the clubs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a that was a real shock when that broke on Friday because Darren, you know, has been fantastic. He's eleven years he's been here. You know, we've had some great times under him. You know, he's, he's passionate, he's enthusiastic. He doesn't always make the great decisions, particularly with his choices of manager. But, you know, I wouldn't swap him for anybody else in the Football League, to be honest. Uh, but he's always said we'll never do partners. And all of a sudden, we've now got two Canadians as partners. Uh, I mean, first impression's great. I mean, they came straight on the phone. They've done interviews. They're not trying to hide anything. They're not making ridiculous promises. I mean, I think with financial fair play as it is at the moment, they can't just chuck a load of money at it, but I don't think they would anyway. I think what they specialise in is is growing businesses and they see Peterborough as a, a club they can actually grow. Um, so, yeah, exciting times. I think they've been very well received. Uh, you know, they've said the right things. They're not. Uh, I think they've been very sensible in not sort of saying, you know, we're going to throw money at it, we're going to get you in the Championship straight away. That is the aim, but they're prepared to sort of a three to five year plan, I think is how they've announced it. So yeah, exciting times on and off the field. Excellent. So back onto the to the field of play. Obviously this Saturday's game coming up, who are the, who are the players that Charlton fans should be keeping their eye out for in, in the Peterborough team? Well, most obviously we've got a 25 goal striker in Jack Marriott, you know, signed from Luton Town, substitutes bench in the summer for about 400 grand, which... Everyone was thinking, blimey, what have we done here? But my word, he's been good. Uh, so he's the main man. I mean, I think, and I think Jack would be the first to tell you that if we didn't have Marcus Madison in our side, he wouldn't have 25 goals because Marcus is the man who creates most of them. Uh, they're, they're the two main men. They're the two men who uh, who will need looking after most, I think, by your guys. Um, but, you know, he's got a lot of flair players. I wouldn't necessarily think they're players that Steve Evans would have signed himself. But, uh, you know, if he can give them that, you know, stronger attitude, a bit more discipline, and uh, they can see games out better. As uh, I think Steve actually watched the game at Charlton in November when we delivered <laughs> one of our best performances of the season. To be honest, I mean, to be two to love heading into injury time and not win was a real body blow. But uh, uh, you know, it, it, I think you've seen that. You know, there's some talent in this side. They just need a bit more, a bit more off the field in terms of 
of game management and stuff like that, really, which we hope for Evans will provide. But Madison and Marriott are the two main men in this team by some distance, mate. Yeah, I guess there might even be a little bit of revenge uh, in, in, at the back of the mind of the Peterborough players after what Charlton uh, stole from uh, from Peterborough well, earlier on in yeah, the season. Well, possibly. I mean, that'll be in the back of the minds, but I mean, you know, they, they should also take comfort in the fact they played very well that night. So, uh, did you attend it yourself? Mate? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I yeah, remember. I'm, yeah, I, I had to completely well rewrite my match report. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's as well as we played for 89 minutes this season, I think. Uh, you know, we might have had a penalty at 2-0 ourselves, mightn't we? But, uh, you know, not not to win that game was, was, was typical of us. I think we've lost 21 points now from leading winning positions this season uh, and also letting a, a, a large, I think the most number of goals from 80 minutes on was in the whole division um, Well Charlton you know, so have done that as well to be fair <laughs> Oh I mean I suppose everyone does it over time <laughs> don't they but yeah. uh, you know yeah that, that was a good performance and uh, I think we won I think that was the first time last season we'd, we'd beaten you at home as well so hmm. Uh, in a League One game so hopefully he'll be able to repeat that but he's under no illusions I mean I spoke to him today you know he recognises that Charlton have got some very good players uh, you know and obviously the prize is big for you as well because a win for either of us could take us into the top six couldn't it it's not just about us so excellent uh, to be joined there by uh, Alan Swan from the Peterborough Telegraph who was uh, giving us a lowdown on the posh I mean just just briefly I mean, they're in a manager in Steve Evans who's got history of getting promoted out of this uh, league via the playoffs with uh, Rotherham and he sounded very confident there that if he did get to the playoffs that he'd make the I mean in- interested I'm surprised by that decision to bring him in I mean he's a controversial figure because mm. of his un- unbridled rage yeah but I think every place he's gone to he's a, I think Cole said it in his presser but he's, he's either he's, he's improved them but um, I mean in terms of the game I think the onus is on them They, I think they need to win more, a lot more than we do um, obviously of course I want us to win but I think they're going to come at us and I think it's, we've got to try and manage the game as best we can um, but yeah it should be a good game but um, I think they're going to come at us like you said they're going to be at home they're going to want a fast start just like teams do to us, sit behind the balls and try and slow the game down when we play at home. So, yeah. be interesting. Yeah, Tom, I mean, with our injuries, I mean, we're going to hear from Cole in a minute, but he doesn't really talk about the injuries in that clip. But, I mean, Josh McGuinness is a, is a major doubt by the sounds of it. Both Fosu uh, and Forster Kasky have been only a very light training this week. I mean, obviously, we know about Cashy and Jade Silva. It doesn't get any easier for us in, in terms of injuries, does it? Nah, and I think those last two you mentioned are probably the hardest ones to fill. I mean, You'd imagine Arebo will come in alongside Forster Kasky um, uh, to replace Kashi. But a left-back, you know, we saw Saar do it well against Bradford. Is he the man? Um, Jacko, with his legs, is he going to be able to do a full game? We saw Arebo go there at the end of the Shrewsbury game. Looked not very comfortable there, let's say. so. Uh, or Lewis Page, who obviously played a little bit in the week and is coming back to fitness. So we've, we've got options, but, you know, Jada Silva's been arguably one of our best players, so... That's a big loss. Um, up front, uh, again, we've got more options there, but Carl says he's seeing the right things from Zyro in training, but we haven't really seen it on the pitch. Similarly with Reeves. Um, I know Clive did that interview with him, but again, we haven't really seen it on the pitch. But players like that, game like this, they're going to have to stand up and be counted because we need them at the moment. Right, we'll preview it more ourselves after we hear from Carl Robertson, the Channel Athletic Manager, looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to London Road. Carl Peter reported Steve Evans last week. Do you expect the new managerial bounce at London Road and uh, what would he bring to Peter? We've got a long way. We've played against each other many, many times. Um, he's a winner. He wants to win. It, it, it's a good club, Peterborough. It really is. Um, Obviously, what's happened with Grant? Grant was a friend and someone who I think has built a very, very good team. I think Steve's already gone on record to say he's left some very talented players. So, he will go in. He's uh, He has a record of being successful. Um, every club he goes into goes upwards uh, or improves their league position. Um, and and we know how hard it's going to be. You'll certainly have them well-drilled. You'll certainly have them well-disciplined. You'll certainly have them with a hunger and desire to fight for the football club. Um, and we know how hard it's going to be, and we're under no illusions of that. Uh, but we've got to go in the right frame of mind. It's difficult for us not knowing quite what system they're going to play. Obviously, there's no trends that you can look for to plan for, um, and that's where you get the upturn in performance. More to the point that this and Steve are certainly give them something. But most clubs who, who change manager, one of the biggest components to sometimes upturn is you just don't know what they're going to play in the first few games, uh, and, and that makes it unpredictable a little bit. So. We know he's a good manager, we know they've got good players, we know it's going to be intense there, 
Um, but it's a good club, Peterborough. It's, it's a club that obviously over the years have, have bought and sold players um, very, very successfully. And, and, I, and, I, and your classic attitude has been relatively successful as well with promotions, okay, yeah, relegations, but it's always hard to sustain championship status as we well know. Charlie had an extended break owing to the weather conditions. Has that helped your injury problems? <laughs> I won't say it's helped the injury problems, I think what it certainly does is it, we would have gone into that game on Saturday with a few players missing and certainly by the time this game comes back around, we'll have three or four players probably available for, for us to blow and play AFC Wimbledon in the next time. So and it gives us a window opportunity, gives us two weeks out playing the game, which means actually Steffi will be two weeks nearer. Cashy will be two weeks nearer. Uh, JD Silver could even make the, the next time that this game comes around. So we, we just have to wait and see, but still, you're still hoping and praying that the recovery process is correct. You're not 100% sure. Obviously, Jay's gone back to, uh, to Chelsea, Steffi's at Arsenal, and uh, Cashy's gone off to Qatar, um, where he got treatment for his Achilles, which worked really well. So we believe once a player finds something that's, that's, that is that works for him, he feels comfortable in that environment and, and part and parcel sometimes of, of development of, of, of injuries is is psychological. Um, that can also be a healing remit. Some will say obviously the heat will certainly help it as well. <laughs> After the home defeat by Shrewsbury, you criticised your players for not sticking to a game plan and said that um, <clears throat> their egos would have to be dropped if you were to be successful. Have you exchanged words since then? Yeah, when we talk about egos, it's not a, an arrogance or, or, a, or a lack of discipline. It's just sometimes that people think that they care so much that they think they can do everything on their own. Um, and that's not always the case. It's, you watch the best teams in the world, they, they sacrifice their own chance to score for somebody else in a better position. And we're not doing it through a selfish remit, we're doing it because I think some of the players care so much they think that they're trying to do the best. And they're young. And they're learning, and uh, that's part and parcel of their learning process. And that's it, the players have been excellent over the last two weeks, I can't ask for no more. So that's Carl Robinson uh, previewing Saturday's trip up to, to London Road. I mean, I, he was asked uh, later on in press day if um, if we can afford to lose this game. For example, if we lost this game, would we be out of the playoff race? Uh, I don't think so. I said, I said just now, I think the onus is on, on Peter, but I think we, I'd take a draw. I'd take a draw all day long because, yeah, we've still got to win the games in hand. But I think mentally, I think if Peterborough don't win this game, I think it's going to weigh heavier on their their minds and ours. Um, but I mean, listen, when Peterborough are a good side, and to be fair, they were very unlucky not to win that at the game at home we we had. But mm. so yeah, we no illusions to be a tough game. But if we if we did draw, I'm not going to be too devastated about it. Yeah, and that Jack Marriott, as, as Alan Swan said, 25 goals already this season. You'd argue he's going for a slightly lean spell because he's only got one in his last four or five games. But I mean, 25 goals in a season is something that we don't really do at, at Jolton. And that's sometimes you just wonder if we had a player like that, that could be the difference for a team like us between being where we are and being quite comfortably within the playoffs. I think if we had a player like that, we'd be probably first or second. Mm. Uh, it's, it's that big a difference. But yeah, like you say, he's on a he's on a lean run. Um, the difficulty is it is a new manager coming in, um, and it is a manager who, despite what I and probably a lot of people think of him, um, does very very well at this level. Uh, gets clubs promoted, um, so they're going to be pretty fired up for that, I think. But yeah, it's a uh, it's one of them tough games in it because they're just that place below. I, I'm a bit like Nate. I'd I'd take a point, but. If we can get a win, because when we got ourselves back into the top six not that long ago, we were there for one week and then we dropped back out again, and we it would just be nice to be there for at least a few weeks. Um, so yeah, uh, win would be. And how brilliant. important is it that we react to, to last time out against Shrewsbury? Obviously, we, mm. we've had that that two week break now. Re- ideally, we wanted to play last week so we could get that that game against Shrewsbury here at the Valley where we were you know disappointing, sort of out of our minds. So it's important now that we've had two weeks to dwell on it that we do. You know, react and and give the fans something to hope for because two weeks ago on the show, on the first night show, people had given up a lot of hope. Um, mm. But we are still well within this playoff race. Yeah, we're well, well, we're in it. Um, but last week, the last week, the Scunf- uh, Shrewsbury game, we just wasn't good enough. It's simple. We were, we were rubbish, and we got outplayed by a team who were doing very well. So, yeah, we are looking for a reaction. Um, but I think I said I think it's mainly going to come to our game management how we play the game because. They're going to start fast. They will, and it's 
it's down to us because I know we haven't really dealt with a, with pressure very well. If you look at the sort of like you know the Oxford game and stuff like that, so we've got to be keep our wits about us. And um, like Tom said, it'd be interesting to see who comes in at left back. Yeah, well, I guess uh, we'll, we'll find out. Right, um, uh, we haven't done a cashew back yet, mm. so I'm going to put you on the spot, Nathan. You mm. need to think of a couple, and then we'll put it out to vote. Well, I think it's a draw, so I was going to see what it would be for a one-all draw, mm. um, and then I might do something. I, I, I'm not really sure. I might do something about maybe like both teams to score or something, and with a couple of other bets. Probably will be both teams there. to score if it's a one-all draw. So or yeah, nil-nil. Yeah. Nil. Well, I was going to do nil-nil, but then yeah. if someone scores in the first 30 seconds, then it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. That'll definitely happen if we put the belt And on. Jack yeah. Marriott score. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially if we, we described him as having a lead spell. Right, uh, let's have your actual predictions for the game, Tom. Uh, I think we might win it 2-1. Two, 2-1, one. Two, one, yeah. Who do you fancy um, scoring? I was going to say, yeah. Uh, I don't really know. I reckon Jake will get one. Yeah, if, he, if he's fit, yeah, yeah. we hope he will. But Maybe yeah. Jason Pierce if he's fit. Pierce, yeah. yeah. Nave? I'll go one all with Jose, win, uh, draw. Yeah. Both teams to score? Yep. Yeah. 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 Jose, I, well, Jose. I think Jose come off yeah. and score, come off the bench and score. That's, cool. That was for whoever uh, he's faced, his biggest fan. I'm yeah, sure like hashtag Oliver K. Yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll enjoy that very much. Right, uh, so that is our predictions uh, for this Saturday's game up at London Road. Hopefully, a chance for Charlton to get back uh, on that winning trail. Right, I hope you have enjoyed tonight's big match preview. Don't forget, we'll be back on here on Maritime Radio on Sunday evening to look back at Saturday's game. And then next Monday evening, we'll be on Love Sport Radio, lovesportradio.com to uh, Tom and Nath will be there chatting with Aaron Paul uh, about all things addicts and you'll be able to phone into that show as well so check out our, our social medias uh, and we'll, we'll give you the details to phone in for that right this has uh, pretty much run out of time Tom thanks for coming in this evening cheers Louis thank you Nathan cheers boys hope you've enjoyed this evening's show I've been Louis Mendes let's hope that the addicts get back on that winning trail up at London Road on Saturday and it's three points for them boys in red we'll see you later Charles and Charles and 